Let's go. It is a historic day for our fair city, our, I guess you could say, foundation for the Ref Radio Network here in Norman. As we celebrate, now, I I mistakenly labeled it the grand opening. It's a ribbon cutting. There's several soft opening events that are coming up. I am too cheap to pay for the premium version of X. I keep waiting for one of my 800 jobs to say, oh, we all got your premium membership. So that's kind of what I'm waiting for. So I can't edit it, and I'm not going to delete it again. So just just bear with it. <laughs> um, there's going to be several soft opening events, but today is a, a chance to really, truly see what the Young Family Athletic Center is all about. And we're going to be here until 6 o'clock tonight. How about that? So I'm here till noon. Steel Man's coming in next. And then uh, is Te- I don't know if Teddy's out here or if Tyler's out here. But it's really cool. I, um, I, hadn't, I hadn't come by here or, you know, driven back around behind the Embassy Suites probably since we came here for the groundbreaking. You know, th- this, is, this is an area of town, I think, Josh, and correct me if you think I'm wrong. And good morning, Josh Helmer. How are you? Happy Monday, my friend. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. We're going to talk a lot of Diamond Sports today. I can't wait to talk about it. But in in celebration of where we are today and and, and what we're doing, this isn't necessarily a part of town that you would specifically drive over here every day. Now, you might drive by it on 35 or on, you know, 24, and you're like, wow, that thing's, it's growing at a rapid rate. They're, they're, They're making some headway. But I hadn't, like, driven around behind the Embassy Suites into the parking lot here in a minute. They're building up, baby. Oh, my goodness. It is amazing. This place is really special, man. And it's going to be special. I'm looking at, uh, let's see, what a combination of one, two, three, four, five full-court basketball courts in a massive gymnasium. Um, there's 12 yeah. volleyball courts. <laughs> yes. That's pretty awesome. And, and I know this from coaches shows past talking with the, the Norman public school swimming teams. They are pumped, man. The, the eight lane, 25 yard competition pool, four lane, mm-hmm. 25 yard warm up pool. It is a, you know, they, they've had a great relationship with the OU aquatic center, but it just was the right time for a little bit more. And so that's a game changer for them and for swimming in the city of Norman. So we're going to have a handful of guests that will slide by, some dignitaries, if you will, as we lead up to the ribbon cutting this afternoon at 3.30. I, it's kind of funny. This is by no means a knock on a previous kind of go-to place for basketball. But, Josh, when you think about the uh, – and I don't know what the airplane hangar is officially called, except for it's the airplane, hang- airplane hangar where the basketball courts are. <laughs> but it, it is – it's like you went from flying um, Spirit Airlines to having your own personal private jet. That, I mean, it's just – it's incredible what they've done here. And I'm an old soul. So we celebrate the Young Family Athletic Center, the Trey Young Family Foundation, and today is a really cool day for our city, for our community, and for our state. And, and then in that, the sport of basketball, I, I said, what well, I you can look in here and see, you know, there are, I, I shorted them. There's actually eight 
full court basketball courts here. Um, there's going to be big time tournaments that are played here. There's going to be tons of youth events that are played here. It's going to be massive for, I think, and I hope, for the state and for the city. So let's enjoy the day, shall we? Let's celebrate what's being built, what's being finalized, and what Trey Young has done in giving back to his community. All right, Josh Helmer, how'd it feel? How'd it feel on Saturday night being on the mic Calling your first ever Oklahoma sporting event, play by play by play with Ross Hubbard, who is a rock star. He is man. He's so good. Was he was he good? Because he was, Ross didn't like me. He was he was always, Ross was always kind of mean to me early on. <laughs> really? He, yeah, yeah. He was mean to me. I, I I don't know if it was hazing or if he just didn't like my style. Ross didn't like me. It took him a while. I he had to warm up to me. He was pretty. Uh, yeah, it was nice to me. Okay, see that's the difference. That's the Helmer Plank difference, but. I, you had a, a, a instant classic. You had an incredible game, and you're on the mic for one of the biggest early season wins that Oklahoma baseball has had in quite a while. How'd it feel? Well, the win was great. Uh, obviously, plenty of dramatics and theatrics. The opening, you almost forget about it along the way. Ross uh, made this remark in post game. You forget that. Well, Girton started this game with a, a number of strikeouts to really set the. The table, and then obviously Kyson Witherspoon was fantastic. Lambert comes in and slams the door shut, and you found the offense, finally, top ten. Uh, just the, the low run beforehand, but they opened uh, the offensive doors late. So, And it was a great Tennessee team that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're going to get down the road, I think, and look back and say, okay, that was a that was a big-time win for Oklahoma for the resume. And, uh, you know, who knows? If, if things – this pitching staff comes together the way early on it's looking it might – Maybe this is the type of win that gets Oklahoma into a regional hosting type situation. And then to come back and beat Nebraska yesterday. Now, did you stay down for the Sunday game, or did you do the Saturday game and just come back knowing Toby was going to be there? I, I took a quick cat nap, and uh, it came home. I was I was ready okay. to, to get back. So I was listening to uh, the boys on the uh, return home. Okay. All right. But, hey, yeah, that was a, a heck of a rally big time. Big-time rally versus Nebraska yesterday that makes you feel – I mean, you were going to feel good beating Tennessee this weekend, but to take two out of three, right, is a world's difference. Garrett is the uh, equipment guy. I, I don't know if I ever – I always just call him G. Uh, and I think I, it's Garrett Volker. I, I think I'm saying his last name right. If I'm not, I'm sorry, G. But uh, we sat down in the lobby after our game was over – and we were able to listen to the final couple of innings by the time we got back to the hotel room. But uh, Thomas, who is the new media relations guy, he got caught in the plank vortex because uh, he, the bus had left, and I was like, just ride home with me. And if you don't know what the plank vortex is, that's where if I'm not in a hurry, I'm not in a hurry. So breaking down the equipment turns into me telling you eight stories or talking to the other team's broadcaster or the media relations person. So poor Thomas is having to get back and, and finish up a, uh, a story. And here I am just, I don't know, probably telling the story of the history of broadcasting. Lost in Did the vortex. Know? Lost in the vortex. It's like the Benji vortex. I've realized there's a plank vortex. It's if I get too early to a place to set up, Josh, and if I have time afterwards. 
So I had time afterwards, and poor Thomas is sitting there like, hey, I, I got to go, man. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know this piece of equipment right here? You know what makes it special? Welcome a- to the show. Welcome to the show, baby. Welcome to the show. <laughs> when I went to my, my, my uh, uh, what's it called, reunion for high school, I was talking to Jamie Clark, whom, oh, my gosh, Jamie Clark, I screwed that one up. I love her. But her husband, uh, Mark Reed, and I were uh, high school buddies, and he goes, yeah, 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 you really haven't changed at all. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because you just get, you get caught in the vortex, Josh. You can't get away. So we got in the car, and so Thomas and I were listening right we, – we literally hit it right whenever the uh, pitch count fiasco took place. Oh, my goodness. Have you – have you ever been a part of uh, a situation where they had to go back and see if, in fact, Never. it was ball four? Never. And what's interesting is I thought I thought Ross I thought Ross was all over it, and, and you were too. I mean, the fact if they went back and questioned the count in a game that I was doing, I would be questioning everything in my life. I'm like, oh, well, is it two one? Is it three? You knew right away. You're like, no, 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 that's ball four. Ross knew right away, that's ball four. And then the fight became, can they even review it? Right. And then it took forever, dude. It was like our whole ride back to the hotel. And at least it seemed like it. Oh, no, believe me. It, okay. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was a lengthy <laughs> review. We probably should have stepped away for a moment, but. No, I mean, in that moment, we, we had no idea. We had no idea whatsoever. So I'm, um, I don't know, dude. I was, uh. I was beaming. I was so happy. You sounded great. That was the, the thing because I've listened to you do high school games, but we tune in and you sound great. And uh, so then we get finally back to the hotel. That's when G and I are sitting there watching. And Coach Casso came and sat and was listening to the uh, final out that pushed into extra innings. So it was, it was fun, man. I was really happy for you. From the play-by-play perspective on the very selfish side, how did it feel? How, how was the call? What you – what was some of the feedback you got? Everything seemed pretty good. Yeah, I think I think mostly positive. Okay, uh, a couple things that uh, I would like to have back, but oh, uh, but generally speaking, great. And you know, look, when you don't botch the game-winning runs in the top of the tenth, is is probably okay. So yeah, no, it was great. I thought it was great. The was uh, great. dramatics of the win and the importance of that early season win for Oklahoma. Just fantastic. It made it a great a great weekend from Globe Life, and the fact that they backed it up, turned around quickly, and won on Sunday and had to rally to do so, I think that Skip and company, they might have something here. For me, you talk about messing up a call, Josh. The triple play was brutal. I'll just come out and say it. Triple play was brutal. I'd like to have that one back. The, the ball four cut down at second early. I'd like to have that back. But otherwise, it was pretty good. Dude, I hope nobody ever hears the game-ending call of was it our one of the, the McNeese State game, the first McNeese State game. Whichever game ended on a double play might be the worst call I've ever made in my life. <laughs> and when it was over, it when it was over, I put the headset down and I thought I. I might need to quit. <laughs> am, I, am I built for this? That was terrible. And I think a ball had, had tipped off a glove, and then it went to someone, and then 
I, I panicked, and Avery Hodge became Hodges at second, and then the throw ended it, and then I was just – so don't, don't you feel bad at all because I'm going to tell you right now, I, I even went back and I thought about calling Richard Martis and saying, Rich, that game-ending call, just don't put it on there. Just take the TV guys and put it on there. <laughs> it was it was and I went back and I listened to it I was like it was even where I'll play I'll play I'll wear it I'll play it a little bit later on because it was just terrible it did not match how well the Sooners had played in that game the play-by-play guy didn't have his a game so you felt good you felt you had I was so I didn't know if you were going to be solo or if Ross was going to be there it was or, great having Ross he, he uh obviously took a lot of pressure away and seasoned vet knows so much about the game and familiar with the team and is just a, a funny guy you know he's he's uh he's a pretty cool dude so no it was awesome man and uh what a performance the pitching this weekend my mm. goodness for OU yeah yeah all the way around the pitching in Arlington and the pitching in Lake Charles so let's get our first break in here we're at the Young Family Athletic Center the ribbon cutting is coming up this afternoon at 3.30. It is open to the public, so swing on by and, and take it in. They're going to have several kind of soft. They're, it's not fully finished, I guess, is the best way to put it. But beginning tomorrow, there will be what's being described as a series of soft opening events. You can watch Facebook for detail, and it will be fully open in March. In the meantime, let's talk about what we learned in Lake Charles next, right here on The Ref. Back with you. It is the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Happy Monday, everyone. Josh Elmer alongside Chris Plank. Hour number one presented by Van Hoos Fence. Check them out online, vhfence.com, where you can get your fencing needs taken care of by the premier fence company in Oklahoma, 405-735-1167. Plank, uh, we haven't talked uh, really a lot of softball just yet. Uh, what stood out from another productive weekend? Yeah, um, so many things. I told you guys on Wednesday and Thursday of last week that I thought they were going to get challenged, and they did on Saturday night. Uh, but, but Josh, they shouldn't have. I mean, it's just there's so many things that I'm sure are very frustrating for Coach Gasso right now. But also in her mind, I'm not going to act like I know how to read coach's mind, but I would assume in her mind there are things that she's, I don't want to say digging it's happening, but it's also, it gives her a chance to, you know, have a little bit of a wake-up call for a few people. For instance, for instance, you've won now 61, 62, 62 in a row. The core a back-to-back-to-back national champs, seven starters essentially back, right, if you include Nicole May in there. You're still winning, but yet you're so frustrated with how things are going, you're able to completely shuffle your lineup. And it works. It works. Now, just from – I didn't bring my scorebook in with me. I don't know why I didn't. But just think about a couple of things. Number one. Sydney Sanders, not in the starting lineup for the first time in ages in the opener. And what does she do? She comes back in the second game and hits an absolute nuke. 
She hits um, – she has – I think it ends up with like four or five runs batted in on the weekend. So there's somebody that – I'm not saying the lineup change was meant to wake her up, but, hey, listen, you're not hitting or things are struggling, guess what? I'm going to put Kinsey Hansen at first. I'm going to put Riley Ludlam behind home plate, and it, it worked out pretty well. Not Again, it took the Sooners some time to get going. I think they put all nine runs on the board in the – third or fourth inning but still they they run ruled in that game one and then you know sanders was a big time difference maker in game two uh you, you move jada coleman down to the sixth spot your batting uh tra jennings i think uh fifth you know the, the that's your one and two hitters or one and three hitters essentially in your in your lineup i mean jada had not been in the leadoff spot or had been in the leadoff spot in every single game josh since the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma State in 2022 that they lost mm-hmm. when Jordy had got hurt before the before the, the postseason. So, again, it's not anything bad about what Jada had been doing. It's just, yeah, this worked, but it needs to work better, and it needs to be better, and I need more from the top of my lineup. So what do you do? You take Riley Boone, who has been a production machine, and move her from the bottom of the lineup to the top. You take a fresh, and and, and it worked. Now, Boone had a tough second game (laughs) because she should have had two hits, but she also stumbled out of the box. And this, I I think this was all in the Saturday game, right? She stumbled out of the box um, and and, and fell, and then they really had a bad scoring ruling on one of her hits. So she should have had about six hits on the weekend, but she got – uh, in her own way on one, and then had a scoring m- mishap, I think, on the second one. So you go out and you and you move them down, and you move her up, and you. I, I mean, it's just Josh's business as usual, and, and they're still winning games. And then you, then you realize, okay, let, let's go back to to what had been working, and Sunday was just that, that looked like what Oklahoma typically looks like when they play a, a less than stellar opponent. No offense to Katie Self's Central Arkansas squad. So, you know, they played the way they did on Friday. And you look at the scores and you're like, man, 9-1, 8-0, we're cooking. Saturday, Coach Gass is like, I don't, I don't like the way this looked. Completely shuffles her lineup. Doesn't have Sid Sanders in there. Ella Parker's another good example too, Josh. The true freshman who had been in the two-hole and had kind of moved around in the lineup a little bit. She gave her a couple of opportunities to sit. And what did she do when she got in the game yesterday? She might have hit the farthest home run I've seen since Jocelyn Allo was in an Oklahoma uniform. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. And then, it, so in all of those conversations about the offense and the lineup movement, you have a pitching staff that's just flat-out dealing. Kelly Maxwell uh, gave up a, a first-inning home run on Friday night to McNeese State and then shut them down. Shut them down. Nicole May, solid, just solid all weekend long. And then you get the debut of S.J. Guerin, who, who did what she's supposed to do against these types of teams and picked up her first collegiate win yesterday in two and two-thirds out of the pen. So I don't know if those were three tournament teams that they played, I don't think Central Arkansas is going to recapture its magic, and Lamar is not very good. 
We'll see about McNeese State. But on that Saturday night against McNeese State, Josh, they got pushed a little bit. They got challenged, and their staff and their defense responded, and they got some timely hitting that made the difference. It had a it had a good, important game feel. It had a good, like, regional feel to it, to that Saturday night game. So um, the win streak continues. The pitching staff is cooking. Let's go see what happens when they go to Palm Springs this weekend. Pretty cool to see SJ get the opportunity, huh? Very cool. She can spin it now. The only concern... Well, and, and here's a couple of other things. Number one, she can spin it, right? She throws strikes. And I guess I didn't, it didn't really register to me. She's really well liked by her teammates. Like you could sense how excited they were for her. So I thought. Didn't, Jordy was tweeting cool. about her too, wasn't she? Oh, was she really? See, I, dude, I missed everything on social media this week and everything. I'm I mean, so it, focused on just wanting to do a good job. You know, somebody that's not even here anymore is you know happy for her to get that opportunity yeah i mean it was it was it was really cool to see it was really cool to see um equally as cool one other one other note from from softball this week and then i wanted to play a little bit of coach gasso but i thought it was equally as important josh to see kirsten deal do what she did and i know that again Level of competition, you know, her outing was against Lamar. Lamar was probably, of the three opponents, the the worst. But then again, though, too, they, they did run rule Central Arkansas, so I had a hard time figuring out what was going on with the Bears. But she went out and struck out 10 and got some much-needed confidence. She needed that. She needed that bad. So Kelly Maxwell looks like the real deal. Nicole May was just Nicole May. And then you had two youngsters in a sophomore and a redshirt freshman that I thought really took advantage of their opportunities in the circle this weekend. I can't think of anything else really to add from the weekend that was. It's a cool trip. Oh, I I know what I can add. Yeah, I, I honestly thought it was just a turf outfield and a dirt infield. And whenever I went there and I realized it was all turf, I was shook, Josh. I mean, I watched games. I watched games and didn't realize that was not a dirt infield. That's, like, ridiculous. I felt like the dumbest person. Whenever, whenever we went there for, I think it was uh, pregame on Friday, and I you know, I just walked in, the first thing I did was talk to Coach. And I'm like, yeah, played in the turf outfield in a while? She goes, it's turf everything. I'm like, no, I mean, like, the outfield turf. She's like, it's turf everything. <laughs> I was like, what? Because, and it's different. It was different, too, because in a lot of the turf fields, Josh, you know, you get the little, like, like black pellets that are in there. Yeah. On this infield, it was sand. So it really slowed everything down. And I think the wind, even though Poppy and I can fight about whether or not there's a such thing as a, as a wind-aided home run, we definitely know the wind can knock down some home runs. I think the Sooners had maybe three or four balls that would have been home runs on a normal day that the wind knocked down Killed on it. Saturday. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, th- I think that pretty much, I think that takes care of everything. I'm, I'm really happy we weren't in Florida. I mean, the St. Pete Clearwater Classic was an absolute washout. Mm. And across the country, there wasn't really anything too jaw-dropping in week two because so many of those games got canceled. I, 
I know there was a lot. We talked about it a little bit on Friday's show about the runs that were put up at the Mary Nutter. But I, I talked to a couple people, and they think that's just that's those fields and kind of how they were set up because this, oh, whenever whenever that, I, I think it was Jim Schroeder that had thrown out the tweet about the amount of runs, and there's been almost 100 more runs scored in the Thursday-Friday games this year than last year down in St. Pete. Suddenly, Josh, what's wrong with the ball? They juiced the ball this year. What's going on? <laughs> and everyone kind of stopped and thought, all right, there's, there's a couple of fields there where it's just you're, you're in that jet stream, and if you get a hold of one, it's going to go. Georgia, Georgia impressed me. I thought Georgia was really good. Oklahoma State had two heartbreakers. Totally blew that game against Georgia. I mean, totally blew that game against Georgia. And then LSU came back and got him. So there's the update from Sooner Softball. Anything I missed, hit us up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. We got much more from, from baseball. How happy was Skip? Did you get to talk to Skip much after the game Saturday? He had to be on cloud nine with the way that team persevered. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, and it was unique because – Toby was coming back from calling right. basketball out. Oh, he was down in the dugout, He was right? in the dugout, so he got our post-game interview with Skip Johnson. <laughs> Ross and I just got the hang of the booth, but, yeah, he was happy. It was a win for the birthday boy. That's right. Skip, Skip Johnson. Skip's birthday. It's not your birthday, is it? No, no. But, hey, it, on the text line, if you want to wish me a happy birthday, I'll happily accept, even though, yeah, technically, no, it's it's not my birthday. All right, well, we've uh, we've effectively, I think, Spent our first 36 minutes talking about Diamond Sports. So hit us up, 405-651-3439. When we come back, the celebration, then the disappointment. Talking Sooner Hoops right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Yeah, the offense, um, we were one for 11 from three. Um, missed some, a bunch of shots. Um, I think the... You still can find ways to win when you're shooting that poorly. We, we was just night and day. We hit seven threes in the first half. Um, the thing, the, the, my my thing, the story was uh, the rebounding and the turnovers. It's hard to defend out front turnovers that turn into layups, and it's hard to defend offensive rebounds for layups. Those are the, there was um, the points off turnovers, turnovers, and the offensive rebounds. Those are hard to defend. I thought we did a lot of good things defensively um, that we wanted to do, um, but. Points off turnovers and offense rebounds are very hard to defend. Porter Moser, after the frustrating Sooner loss on Saturday. Welcome back into the Plank Show. We're live from the ribbon-cutting celebration for the Young Family Athletic Center, along with Josh on Plank. Uh, Josh was in Arlington with the OU baseball team on Saturday for the Tennessee game. Uh, I was in Lake Charles with the OU softball team. And the... (laughs) Our break between games on Saturday, Josh, could not have come at a worse time for how that game played out because I'm following along. I'm giving a score update. I got yelled at like a year ago. Someone was mad when I gave a basketball score. They're like, I'm taping it. You need to let us know. And I'm like, right. We're trying to keep you up to date on everything. I'm trying to take care of the Sooner fans that are – you know, not going to watch the basketball game, but still love to watch it. So I have um, so I have a – what's the best way to put it, Josh? You've offered now scoreboard warnings. I've given a spoiler alert. That's what I've done. I'm like, hey, going to get your basketball hoops update after this pitch. Boom. And gave it, and we were up by 13. I was like, you got to be kidding me. 
run these fools out of the gym. Beat these posers. And I didn't check it again. It's, it's oh, kind of no. like whenever it's kind of like whenever the uh, like your team's doing well early on and you're like, "Oh, maybe I should just stop watching now. Maybe it's not going to get any better than this." I have done that a few times, Josh. I'm not going to lie to you. But we got back to the hotel and literally as soon as we sat down and had lunch, a great lunch, man, and uh, there was about 14 minutes to go in the second half and well, that's uh, it's about when things started to fall apart for Oklahoma. It's yeah, frustrating. I, I told you, you know, I was, as you know, living that hashtag baseball life. So that's right. You know, I'm putting notes together and this and that, and the TVs at Globe Life, everything was dialed into Flow Baseball. You couldn't change the channel. So sure, I, I, I you know, I wasn't watching. I was box score observing, and uh, saw a great start for OU basketball. And checked back in and said, what in the world happened in this game? And I still really don't know what happened in the second half outside of clearly it went very poorly. It was um, – I just looked it up because I wanted to I wanted to make sure I confirmed just how I was completely and totally bad luck for the Sooners. The moment we got back to the hotel and sat down and started watching the game was the moment that Johnny Furphy made the dunk to cut it to 39-36. to and I, I remember, I remember turning to JT Gasso at the time and saying, "Furphy, he's one of those guys in a couple of years that'll just like be dominant for Kansas." I think JT's response was, "A couple of years looks pretty good now." But yeah, literally from from that point forward, it just was, in a word, frustrating. Kansas did what Kansas does, and they absolutely shut things down. Frustrating to lose to Kansas, isn't it, man? Frustrating. No doubt. And, you know, obviously the the day itself, you know, what it represented, what you were celebrating inside the LNC got spoiled a little bit, right? It got ruined. The celebration, though, pretty awesome, wasn't it? How cool was that that uh, John Brooks got on the mic? That was so cool. Toby's the man. To to be able to do that is – there's a lot of play-by-play guys that wouldn't do that, but he did. Mm. That's that was pretty cool. It was really cool, but it, we can have a conversation about hoops. I already see it percolating on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I think it's magnified because yesterday was a day in which so many people had started diving back in a little bit more because of the Billy Tubbs celebration, and it ended up being a little bit more of the same. And I think that. Everything around the tributes to Tubbs, his, his banner in the rafters, the, the shoes they gave him, um, it's unbelievable. It was so cool. It was so – the video tributes. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and hurt our elbows, patting ourselves in the back. I thought the shows Friday, though, were pretty awesome in paying tribute to Oklahoma uh, legacy under Billy Tubbs. So, yeah, it was really cool to see. Your uh, interview – I, I don't – I don't think I got to jump back on with you afterwards. I was driving down to Arlington. Your interview with Stacy King, it might have. I think that's the best interview in the history of this show, at least since I've been a part of it. Mm, it was fun, wasn't it? I didn't do anything. In fact, I asked a question that I guess was a bad question that he completely shot down. <laughs> I said, 
I said, I heard Billy Tubbs was great with parents and, and that he would sell me. He was like, not mine. <laughs> and that was, it was incredible. <laughs> the story went on. It was great. Uh, all right. Let's take a break. Uh, if you want to react to hoops, we got the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line there for you. 405-651-3439. When we come back, let's start celebrating the ribbon cutting day for the Young Family Athletic Center right here on the ref. All right, welcome back to the ribbon-cutting celebration of the Young Family Athletic Center. We are proud to be joined by our esteemed mayor, Larry Heikula, from, well, Norman, (laughs) (laughs) from right next to me. What an awesome day, huh? It is a wonderful day. It's absolutely a dream come true. From your perspective, can you, I I don't know where it started for you in the process, but can you take us inside when you first learned this was a possibility how the city and, and your office got involved and just the genesis of how this thing birthed. For me, it was about three years ago, I guess, we started talking about it, and I wasn't on council yet. I, it was just something that, that came up in the Norman Forward. Um, was it ideas. something that the young family had brought to you, or had it been about going to them? That was afterwards. Okay. I, the way that I got it, mm-hmm. it, it may have been at the genesis, but the way I got it, they came in afterwards. The beauty of this is, mm-hmm. is we're partnered with the young family and we're partnered with the Norman Regional Hospital. And as we sit there and look at that, how do we achieve excellence by partnership, by mm-hmm. working together like a team? And and it came out to be something much more grand than I ever thought. I, that's the thing to me as I look out here. Now, we're looking in the main basketball uh, arena. We're uh, up on a second level with a glass-encased uh, spot to view all this the amount i look out here and, I'm, and the first thing i think we're gonna make a lot of money on this place <laughs> um but, i mean there's eight basketball courts that we're able to see right here mm-hmm. but it's it's the state-of-the-art nature of yep. it right i mean yep. it's just there's the athletic training side of it here you got in motion that's where we're broadcasting from you mentioned the partnership with norm regional i mean it, it's important to have a little bit of everything here the aquatic side of it too exactly and when we look at it here, when this was first explained to me, the glass was up, and we're looking out on the on the mm-hmm. courts themselves, and somebody said, if I were a coach and I could watch p- kids play, mm-hmm. we're talking high school seniors or whatever, play down here, we can start picking those people, and we can start looking for things. How many people are going to become professional basketball players? Not many. Mm-hmm. But there's a chance that that kid, just like Trey did, came up from nowhere. And becomes the basketball star. It's kind of uh, it's kind of wild what's happening over on dare I say this side of town, right? <laughs> With the University North Park, because this is this is going to be a beacon. This yeah. is going to be amazing. And when the more people come out and see it, it's great. Uh, you've seen hotel expansion already over here. Restaurant expansion has continued. You know, who knows where the entertainment district ends up down the road, but it's exciting to see this area of town becoming what it's becoming, isn't it? It is, and what it is is a precursor to what we want to do all over town. Mm. There's the east side. Needs help. Needs some kind of attraction over there to bring cash in there and do things. South side of town needs a little bit of help. There's a, a RV park going in down there. I don't know if you've heard about that. Have not. It's like 1,100 slots. It's got a zip line. It's got all kind of pond. It's nice. I mean, it's, we need that for the SEC, baby. Yeah. They travel. They travel in RVs like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just getting them in there, getting them fed, uh, basically having a place that somebody can go that's fun, and that's what we want to do. Uh, Larry Heikola is the mayor of Norman. He's joining us on this 
dedication, celebration, ribbon cutting day for the Young Family Athletic Center. What what else? What else could this end up being as far as a partnership? Could you see more over here? I mean, that's no. that's what I I realize. There's more room back here. I'm, I'm just looking at land. Yeah. Room over here. Room over there. I mean, there there can be so much that can because of the success that we expect this to have. I mean. I'm one to put a restaurant in right across the street. Exactly. I'm one to put something in over here because there is going to be a ton of foot traffic, uh, a ton of people that are going to be able to take advantage of this, and all different ranges of that. There, oh, yeah, there's a range to the to the hamburger crowd and a range to the steak crowd mm. as to what they want to have for lunch. All those other kinds of things are being played in there. If we think about coming off the airport, if we if the Congress would ever get off continuing resolutions, <laughs> we could <laughs> we could be able to build a a fixed operating base down there and and do what we need to do to to bring people in directly from the airport so they don't have to go all the way around. Um, you're speaking today. Aren't you? Are, now, are you speaking at the three thirty, or you got to go outside and speak at the art dedication? Both. Right? <laughs> My soul is sold. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It should be. Fi- finally, uh, before I let you go, Mr. Mayor, just Trey Young and his family to say, all right, we're on board. We're going to do this to have a vision of the Kobe Dream Center, what they'd had, and to see it come to fruition. Says a lot about somebody that found a way to give back to the community in the way that they have. Surely, and and it is. It's mind-blowing. Working working with the youngs uh, and doing things is just a joy. It's just fun to see the ideas that come off. Sometimes, uh, you know, it, it's one of those, how are we going to realize that dream? But that pushes us as administrators to be able to do the things that we need to do to take advantage of the of the ideas that are here in Norman, because Norman's going to keep on growing, I hope. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time, Mr. Mayor. We thank appreciate you. it. Good luck with your speech today, and we uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Chris. All right. That's uh, Larry Heikula, the mayor of Norman. That was weird. Everything okay? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know. There was just some sort. Did you hear that, Josh? Did you hear that? I thought it was Jason messing with us. Like, out of nowhere, just everything started. Hey, thanks, Larry. Really, really good job. Nice to meet you. Out of nowhere, everything just went dead. Did you hear that? No, I did not. You don't hear that right now. Uh, yeah, I hear that buzz Like, now. something, yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. sort of short. Like, I can't even hear you. You can't you hear me? You think it could be the... I have, no idea. I have no idea what just happened. It's like everything just frizzed out. Well, I don't like that. Dude, I can't do... I'm, I'm afraid to move right now. Because I've got it set where now I can hear you. But then as soon as I let go. You might need a new headset. Ghosts. Well, it's both of them. It's both of them. Hold on. Let me, let me try something. Hey, live radio making con- uh, corrections to things. Let's get Benny in here while we do this. Benny, welcome to the show. What's going on, bud? Benny, good morning. Uh-oh. Good morning. Good morning. Uh-oh. Hey, oh, I okay. have to congratulate uh uh, Josh on the game. I was I had the softball and the baseball going on, listening to you and Josh Gerton's kid from my hometown of Shattuck. Did a oh, great job cool. last night. My questions for you are: how, how many innings does a starting pitcher have to pitch to get the win? And uh, how many are on? How the many OU? innings? Because <laughs> oh. uh, you know the what's her name? Not the Sally pitched two innings and didn't get the win. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the other night when uh, S.J. came in in relief and then they gave the win to Nicole May. Okay, now my next two questions is the roster. 
How many are on a roster? I think right now that you're just playing three freshmen. I was very impressed with Riley Ludlam. And mm-hmm. my last one is, what is the schedule for the Mary Nutter tournament time? Because I've, I've listened to all of the softball games that you've been having this year, and I thought Josh did a great job. I was glad to hear the kid from Shattuck, my hometown, did so well. He's a power That's pitcher. awesome. All right, Vinny, let's do this. We're up against it. All right, and when we come back, I'll lay out the schedule for the Mary Nutter, and we'll talk. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what the rule is as far as who gets a win. No clue. I, I thought I had it figured out. Then every single time I thought someone was in line for the win, it wasn't them. You can Google up and find. I, I know what the official rules say, but the first score, box score on Saturday, had given the win to S.J. Guerin, and then it changed to Nicole May. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the rules at all. But I do know this. I know the schedule for this weekend, and we'll share it with you next, live from the Young Family Athletic Center right here.